Hey, this is Hillary. This is Kelly. And this is Tiffany. And this is Everyone's Invited. Each week, we take an interesting, funny, or timely topic or question, send it out into the universe, cross our fingers that you guys write in, and then read the responses on the show. We invite you guys to come and join the conversation by following us on Instagram at Everyone's Invited Podcast, where you can see all of our new topics and share your stories with us. Let's hear what you guys had to say. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode. Uh, This week, we have a special guest, and we're really excited about it. She's not only one of my wonderful friends um, that I love, but she is an amazing uh, doula and massage therapist. So um, we will have her introduce herself. So tell us a bit about yourself and what you do. Okay. Uh, Thanks for having me on, ladies. Um, I don't know if you said my name. Yeah, I just realized. I think I was like, and what did you say? Because I was like, I haven't said your name. So go for it. Boom. I'll say my name. I know my name. What is your name? (laughs) Susie Hannig is my name. Don't forget it. (laughs) That's right. Um, so I, uh, my, my website is susiefay.com and my Instagram handle is birthyway with susiefay. But my last name is actually Hannig, and so that's kind of confusing. So I just thought I'd point that out. <laughs> but it's um, a cute name. I think that's like a really catchy, fun. Thank name. you. Yes, I agree. Um, <laughs> so I have four kids, and they are amazing. Um, the oldest is twelve. The youngest is turning five tomorrow. <gasps> oh, and um, I have a wonderful husband that I've been married to for fifteen years now. I grew up in Arizona, and I graduated with bachelor's in science, family sciences, and child development. Yeah. And um, always wanted to be a massage therapist uh, ever since I was, I think, ten. Wow! I, How did you know that so young? Um, because my mom had this book called Stories of Feet Can Tell. And it nice. was all about reflexology and she was going through nursing school and me and my cousin, because my cousin like lived in my house practically. Hmm. So we would, when she would get back from her long rotations and stuff, um, we would each take a foot. And after <laughs> my cousin would leave, my mom would be like, your hands were so strong. Yours, yours were like the strongest. You know how mom said <laughs> yeah. She was grooming and, you at that age even. Too. Oh, she was grooming me, man. <laughs> that was a smart, smart thing to do. Yeah. Um, also, Susie's mom is a an amazing person as well, just FYI. I, I yeah. met her and she she's wonderful. Yeah, she's fabulous. <laughs> I love my mom. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so I kind of grew up feeling like I – was kind of born to do this sort of thing. And, you know, in choir, we, during warmups, they like had us all do shoulder rubs, like in a circle and everyone would always fight who could be by me. And then we would hang out with friends. Um, so I kind of grew up having my hands used a lot for that. So I felt like there was a lot of intuition there that I trusted and honed and strength as well. And then but I knew that if I didn't get my bachelor's that I wouldn't ever get it. And because I grew up with my, um, with a single mom, I, it was important for me to get my bachelor's um, just because I saw her having to go through that later on in life. And I didn't 
anyway, it was just important for me to do that. Wow. So, I never knew that story. That's really cool. Yeah. Thanks. So I, I ended up, um, graduating from BYU <clears throat> and then a year later ish, I got married. And then a year later ish, I started into massage therapy training right away. So, um, anyway, then I've been a doula for going on three years now and the massage therapy has been, um, we're going on 13 years for that. So awesome. Really awesome. <laughs> um, if you're ever so in Utah, I'm, let me know. I'll give you uh, Susie's contacts. You get a rock and massage. Get to, just, <laughs> just give me, yeah, yeah. Just give me like several weeks warning yeah, exactly. and we'll get you in. Well, because she's so freaking good. She gets booked <laughs> out. That's uh, why. Thanks, girl. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm really passionate about a lot of things. Um, one of them being self-care. So that's a really big part of what I work on with my clients, both my doula and massage clients. I love to keep my body moving. I really love dark chocolate. <laughs> I love salads and everything wellness that infuses joy. So that's a little bit about me. Um, really quick, we'll tell the my birth story Susie later, but she really does love salads because during my birth, that's what they went and got to eat was salads. It's very real. The love is real. That's awesome. I forgot about that. (laughs) I got to be properly fueled for these things, Hill. (laughs) True. True. (laughs) True. (laughs) Okay. So can you tell us sort of what the main role of a doula is for those that do not know? Yes. Um, I was actually talking to a client earlier today about the different types of doulas. So I always specify that I'm a birth doula because they have near end of life doulas and postpartum doulas, bereavement doulas, sibling doulas, and I am a birth doula. So I will just respond to the birth doula part of that. <laughs> yes. Um, <clears throat> actually, I actually so, didn't know uh, that you could have a doula. I didn't realize that that was the, I've only associated with birth before. I didn't that makes sense. You could have a support person for all those different things. I just had never known that before. So thank you for that. Yeah. yeah. Me neither. Interesting. So whatever the type of doula, they are not the one that's over the, your medical, like the, the medical care. They're over all of the other stuff, all those other little details that um, you and your partner don't want to need to like worry about. Mm-hmm. Like if you're coming out of anesthesia from a c-section and your legs are itchy the doula will be there with a little scratchy cloth to itch your ankles for you <laughs> so that awesome. your husband can go on with baby you know just whatever it is mm-hmm. so a doula is there before birth to help answer questions and provide education through birth plan support labor position support and if desired um which many clients do request this they ask for just different resources and things that we can send them and whether it's podcasts or I have a really large lending library where I will drop books by to my clients to read, or maybe they just want articles, or maybe they don't even want to read. Maybe they just want to go on a forum and they want to be recommended to forums for different different things. So we do fear releases because um, a lot of times fear can hold you back in prog- like progressing through your birth. And so sometimes I need to do multiple fear releases with the moms I work with. Um <clears throat> And during birth, we'll do fear release, even if we did it before. Sometimes we'll need to do it during labor. And so we're there for all of the hours of labor, of course. Um, and we're also there after birth just for a little bit um, to get to get you guys settled. 
And we usually end up being there, you know, anywhere between like an hour and two hours after birth, unless it's a C-section. And then we're there less like, you know, beforehand. And then like the whole day afterwards. And then we also, unless it's me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you hear that later um, we'll get into that later um, but then we, yeah. we also check in check in with the moms postpartum as well um mm-hmm. i like to encourage my clients to have a postpartum plan so i'll kind of check in on them and see how the postpartum plan is going and um we actually do a visit postpartum as well it depends on the doula but i i do a six-week postpartum visit as well so plus Susie gets yeah. to see the little baby again so Yes. And that is a very so fun cute. part of that. <laughs> um, but on the <laughs> postpartum plan, um, if you go to Susie's Instagram, she just posted um, a bit about that as well. So yeah, we're, I'm actually going to be putting some more out this month as well. Cause I'm, I'm in charge of the April theme for the mother's health advocates group. And oh, cool. um, this month it's all about postpartum plans and Man, so I'm a firm believer of that. Wow. Sounds like I need a postpartum plan. I'm so passionate about them. And I thought I had one, but mine was so, I mean, I didn't know whatever. I didn't know what I was doing. I just had, had no idea what to expect, you know? And you, and I just had also like, no, that's not gonna happen to me. This happened to me. I'm pretty sure everything happened to me that I thought wasn't was gonna happen. going to yeah. happen to me. <laughs> So, and you handled it like a champ. But I, yeah, during birth, <laughs> yes. But even after birth, I just, yeah, you know, like I just wish I had a better. I wish I had a better plan. Should have taken more of Susie's advice. <laughs> you know, and I honestly, I there wasn't a lot of talk about it. I know, I know that wasn't even that long ago, but there wasn't there wasn't a lot um, in my training about it or with the doulas that I was communicating with, we weren't talking a lot about it, but just recently we formed this group um, that this whole year we're focused on postpartum care. That's awesome. And so we're putting out uh, educational guides every month that hit a different point of postpartum care. Mm -hmm. Um, Other years we'll cover other parts of mother's health, but anyway, it's because we're seeing a lot of women have experiences like you did Hillary, where they're, when they're in the middle of it, they don't even realize what they're going through. Yeah. Um, and then when they're through it, they're like, Oh, I, I had a postpartum anxiety or I had postpartum depression or I, yeah. you know, whatever. And so it's just one of those things kind of like an insurance policy where you just need to make sure you have one. Mm-hmm. And even if you think you're fine, implement it anyway, yeah. because chances <laughs> yeah. are you're probably not fine and you just think you are. <laughs> True. And it will help, <laughs> it will help you um, get the support you need. Um, and not feel like you have to ask for it when you're in the middle of your um, your forest of anxiety yeah. or whatever it is. You're mm-hmm. you already yeah. All what set up. Up. Just sleep deprivation that everyone. I mean, we laugh to right. keep from crying, but yeah. yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I think a big part of that, right, and then making sure your partner like has a copy of the plan too. I think because, mm-hmm. anyways, I think mm-hmm. that's huge. Um, also, back to the types of doulas, there are postpartum doulas too, right? That you can like that will come more and everything. Yeah, <clears throat> there are, we have some amazing postpartum doulas in our area. I know that this podcast isn't just for people here in Utah, Tiffany. Um, <laughs> I, but if you were to search postpartum doulas, but yeah, they, they go in and 
they can do anything from cleaning your house while you're sleeping and bringing the oh, baby to you if um, you're breastfeeding. I wish I would have done Honestly, I wish I would have done that. I think that would have been a huge – because Brian had to go back to work a week after. And my parents yeah. were here, but still, I mean, even with two people that – anyways. Oh, yeah. Um, TJ had to go back a week after I had yeah. our second one. And mm-hmm. I was like, ah, okay. Yeah, seriously. So, Tiffany, well, and- postpartum doula. I'm literally writing mm-hmm. fine postpartum doula. and the interesting thing with um with the postpartum doula or birth doula is that even if you like hillary you said your your parents were there but the difference between having someone that's like an actual family member Mm -hmm. um and someone that's there and that's kind of like all they're focused on Mm -hmm. is it, and they they do it all the time so they know what to watch for they know what mental oh. health things to watch for whatever is that that's true it'll make it where your family can be able to be for you there for you in whatever way you guys had planned in your postpartum plan but that the postpartum doula can be there for all that other stuff mm. so that your family doesn't need to worry about it brilliant <clears throat> yeah super smart I mean, how long, maybe, <laughs> how long do postpartum doulas usually like how many months? Is it just however you long you want it or do they have like oh, yeah. a cap? Yeah. They're just an hourly. It, it, they're, they're paid hourly. So wow. <clears throat> with, with birth doulas, it's usually more of like a package. There's different yeah. packages you can purchase, mm-hmm. but with postpartum doulas, because I've researched quite a bit of them. I mean, so like from what I've noticed, it's all like an hourly rate. Oh, that's really <clears throat> cool. Sorry, Susie, cool. not to get, but that was, wow. Um, see, things, hopefully people are learning. It's things I wish I would have known. I've had two kids <laughs> I and I know For postpartum this, so. preparedness. <laughs> wow. Uh-huh. Um, wow, important. that's amazing. Okay, so we're going to come back to birth now, though. Boom, back to it. So um, <laughs> one question that we had that um, somebody wrote in is, um, what is the best way to avoid tearing uh, during birth and delivery? Yeah, that's, that's a question that a lot of, a lot of women have. It's a really good question. Um, one thing I'll say is it's important to talk about this with your provider right off and just make sure that before you're too attached that you and your provider, we have like a whole form that we give our moms to fill out to about the provider so that they can ask their provider questions in the beginning to make sure that they are like-minded because mm. if they're not, then it's really really, really important to switch, especially before you get too loyal or attached to the idea of staying with that person. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. cause you'd be surprised at how loyal moms are to their providers, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but making sure that you have a provider that's like-minded about tearing and just asking them about it, saying like, what, what do you do to help? What will you offer to help me avoid tearing and the types of things? If this is a big concern for you that you might want to listen for is the provider saying something like, Oh, I will. Um, if I see that your skin is is stretched a little too far and it's really close to a tear, I'll tell tell you to um, not push through the next contraction and just breathe through it. Or I'll um, I'll offer a warm compress, or I'll offer a perineal massage, or you know, if they have things mm-hmm. to say, those are all, <laughs> basically, those are all yeah. things yeah. you want to hear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like you want them to you want them to have thought about that and to care about it. But if they're like, you know what? all moms are going to tear like pretty much everyone tears usually just plan on it like, which um, is wrong i mean many moms tear it. it's not like that's a false yeah it's not like that's a false statement but to to have there be consideration put into it and that they're going to help you do whatever they can to if you are going to tear have it not be as serious of a tear yeah. or 
really be sensitive to that, but you want to minimize it. Exactly. Exactly. You might still tear, but it could be (laughs) a first degree instead of a fourth degree, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And that's the same thing too. I, I, everyone has their own thing, but if a doctor said episiotomy to me, I'd be like, I'm out. Oh my gosh, I know. I told yeah, my first sure. OB, I was like, um, I have a problem with one thing. Yeah. <laughs> it is that. And she's like, don't worry. I was like, yeah. Okay. But thing, thankfully, I think most doctors have realized that that's not the way to go. But yeah. yeah. It's good. It's like my only, like, yeah. well, not my only fear, but my biggest fear <laughs> in childbirth. No, but really, yeah. That's very yeah. common. But I like what you said, it's just get on the same page, whatever whatever your plan is, just uh, whatever it is. Make sure everyone's on the same page. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, you're the mom here. You, they need to respect what you need. Your wishes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's your body. So, yeah. Okay. Well, okay. The next question we have is what's the best way to handle an emergency C-section until you aren't totally traumatized? Because that's usually not what you were planning on if it's an emergency C-section. Right. Um, Yeah, that's also another really good question. Um, So one one thing that I try to help, um, I guess, emphasize when I'm working with moms, um, sometimes I work with moms who there's a higher chance for a C-section than not because they have twins that are breech or um, the provider that they're with um, because of blood pressure issues or whatever. Um, they have to see a provider where they deliver in the OR and they have to be at a hospital where they have really good NICU because maybe their babies look like they're, you know, their baby might be going to the NICU because of something that they found in utero. So, you know, they're, this conversation yeah. has come up. Yeah. And one thing I try to emphasize is that it's important to realize that just like vaginal birth, a cesarean also takes great surrender and strength and, and bravery. And that it's, um, I don't know. I think a lot of, of women, if they have a certain plan, like I want a vaginal birth and then they end up with something else, they see that is not what they wanted, but if they go a little deeper, it's usually that what they wanted was their baby to be healthy. Mm. And so both ended up with yeah. a healthy baby. And so, you know, we try to just talk about like um, their expectations and what is at the core of those and um, what, what truly surrendering looks like and the benefits of being able to kind of wrap our minds around all of the different, like it's good to have a plan. It's amazing to have a plan, but it's important to be like Hillary where as different parts of your plan don't go the way you just practice surrendering over and over again. And that was one of the things that I um, really admired about Hillary during her birth experiences, the way that she handled all of the twists and turns with just grace and optimism and surrender. Um, um, With that though, with people that have this, especially when they maybe had it before, like you said, they have a lot of fear around it. Do you do the fear releases with them oh, through yes. um, <laughs> pregnancy and then in the hospital or wherever they're at? Yeah, we, we do fear release whenever um, either I get the sense or she gets the sense that we need to do a fear release because um, 
you know, it's almost like little bubbles that just kind of pop over you every once in a while. You're like, I thought I already dealt with this. Why is this? Why did this just pop all over me again? Why am I feeling this? Hi, anxiety. Welcome. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, no, oh. that's really, I laugh. I was saying that's a really, yeah, a really serious and hard thing to work through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's really cool. That's good advice. So, yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, so what inspired you to become a doula? Um, also a great question. Um, so first of all, I, I would say I was inspired by my sister who had all four of her babies without any medication and one of them even at home. And she had all of hers well before I started having mine. So she had a lot of wisdom to share at that point of my life. And, um, she was there basically as my unofficial doula. Mm -hmm. She, um, in all rights and purposes, she like, she was my doula. Um, the only difference is she was my sister. And if I were to have a doula, then maybe they could have been a little further removed because, you know, they don't have that same relationship, but I didn't know much about doulas then. So that's kind of what she was for me because she knew so much about childbirth. Um, and as I was having my baby, she was starting to go into nursing school and anyway, so it was very insightful, but, um, I, I felt like I couldn't do it because I hadn't taken a class. Mm-hmm. or really read, I read one book, um, but she was there for the birth and I was due any day. And I remember I just had a breakdown with her. Where I was like, I can't do this. How, how could I possibly think I could do this? I, all my other friends have taken classes and I can't do this. And she just did a fear release with me, basically oh. just talked through. Um, and she talked through the things that I'd done that w- were hard before. And we, we just did a lot of processing and I felt very empowered by that. And by the end, when I had gone and done it the way that I had hoped to do it. And actually that time my plan went really the way that I planned, like my only time. Um, I, I was, I had caught the birth bug as they say it. And I, after that just was hungry to learn everything I could about birth in between all of my births, I was researching and I would interview my, when I would go for my sixth week and they were checking up on me, I would have a notepad there and I, I would like start asking them questions like, so what do you think could have gone better in my birth? what do you, <laughs> and so I would interview like my care providers and ask them like what we could improve on for next time, what I could do to better. Awesome. Like, how, you know? So I was basically like learning everything I could in between each birth and, and trying to, um, you know, use it in the next one. And I videoed all my births and I would watch them before I went births and like, which was actually really awesome. On. You did that. Cause that was helpful for me to watch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think that, um, <laughs> I think it can be really empowering to to see us go through hard things and um, see how we handled it. And so, anyway, that was um, uh, that was like where my love grew for birth through the years. And um, you know, with my with my degree, it, with wanting to go into family therapy um, when I was younger, I've always loved being able to counsel with people and help them through things. And so advocating for women became a huge part of what I wanted to do with the birth scene. Mm. And the doula is a really good fit for that. Plus I've always loved the human body. I've taken a lot of anatomy courses and, um, you know, I've been a body worker for years now. And anyway, as a therapist, you, you help ease pain and discomfort. And, 
Um, so anyway, it just fits really well with what I've already loved to do being a doula does. Um, and I love child development, as I said, and I love the science of family. So I knew, I, I knew it would be fulfilling to me, but I didn't know until I really got started that I really could be like helpful to women. Like I, I could help. I had something to offer, you know, it wasn't yeah. just going to be a good yeah. experience for me, but I had something to offer. Um, so my experience with my, my own births and, um, like all of that research helped me to really want to be, I guess, just an, an advocate for women and help them to, um, learn the things that I learned, empower them to, um, know that they can, they can do this and their bodies were, were made to do that. And I'm just, you know, it's just always been something that I've been really excited. I shouldn't say always ever since the <laughs> birth of my first child, I, it's been something I've been really passionate about and it just fits along with my other passions. Yeah. Seriously. It's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. That Wow. Inspiring. <laughs> Yeah, I talked about this before. Really? Like, it's really cool when people find their their thing because, like, a lot of people don't. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's always really, really cool for yeah, you, I Susie. It's two things. <laughs> you have yes, your, two things. They kind of go really well together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Luckily, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you didn't have to like totally start from scratch and like change directions entirely. Yeah, yeah, that's been a blessing. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so here's a question that people have is, what is the role of a doula versus the role of a midwife? What's the difference? Yes. That's a very good question. In fact, I think every doula friend I have has that up on their FAQ page because we all get it so often. So wonderful question. Um, <clears throat> so if you put midwives and, and OBs in the same section and then you put doulas over here, like that would make more sense for the conversation okay. because they're over all of the medical side of things and they're in the room for much less time. Mm-hmm. And the, the doula, what they do have in common is that they see you before you birth, just like we do. Mm-hmm. But when we're birthing with you, we aren't talking about your measurements and, you know, things like the medical stuff we're talking about where you're at emotionally with things and what your, um, what your birth plan is. And we process fear, you know, all the things that we've talked about. So we're over everything non-medical and we are there making sure that you're like, for instance, um, I had, I had a, an experience after one of my own, a birth of one of my children, um, where the midwives were the ones helping to support me when I had a bleeding episode and the doula would have been the one that was there right by my side, making sure that I had a blanket covering me and that I was, you know, mm-hmm. um, maybe they would be whispering in my ear about, um, you know, some really great things about me to help empower me in that moment. They would mm-hmm. be there doing that while the midwives were there giving me all of the medical care that I needed. And they're not, their job isn't to be there whispering in my ear and making sure that I'm not shaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. So, wow. okay. That's super cool. helpful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I actually didn't have a doula at that birth. And that's actually one of the things that inspired me to become a doula even more was that I realized how important it is to have both to have someone that is specifically assigned to that mm-hmm. because my mom and my husband were not assigned that they were assigned to take care of baby. And, mm-hmm. you know, right. so anyway, it was, 
it was a big birth roles lesson and a big lesson about having a doula. Yeah, I remember. I think you told me you're like the doula is there for the for the mother. Like that is yeah what I'm there for. And and I remember you said to me too, like even in times where you're like I can't do medical advice, like I, it's not my role, but like it was just also making sure that like I was always informed because stuff happens, you know, like mm-hmm. when you're in labor and stuff, you don't always understand what's going on. So it's nice to have a doula there too, to be like, I'm here for the mom to make sure that she is always mm-hmm. like what's happening. Like she's yeah, anyways, I, yeah. Doulas are, yeah. <laughs> just awesome. Just yeah. There, awesome. There's a lot of times where the, where the medical staff will come in and ask something or explain something. And then after they leave, I'll have the parents look at me and be like, can you tell me what they said? You know, <laughs> so we'll, we'll talk a little more about what they said and like, like look at the birth plan and make sure that we're on, you know, that, that her wishes are being respected on the birth plan. And we'll talk about mm-hmm. her options because there's always options. And sometimes when it's presented, um, when medical decisions are presented, it doesn't sound like there's as many options as there are. So sometimes we like to just work with the parents to let them know, like, here are all of the options so you can really make mm-hmm. a decision that's fully informed. Yeah. That's awesome. For my second birth, the uh, guy came in to do the epidural and he's like, I'm a student. Is it okay if I do your epidural? And I was like, uh, (laughs) like panic. (laughs) Yeah. Luckily, luckily he, I think he could kind of read me easily because I'm sure I looked like so scared when he asked me that question. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But he's like, I'll just leave in. uh, You can let me know in a minute. And I was like, Okay. <laughs> and then the uh, nurse was like, please. you don't have to have him do it. And I was like, I don't want him to do it. And she's like, I'll go tell him. <laughs> and I was like, thank you. <laughs> yeah. That'd be too You're like, did you just say, You're like, yeah. did you just say student and epidural in the same sentence? Really? I know. I was like, um, that is a hard pass for me. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> no. no. Yeah, Tiffany, I'm with you on that one. I could not have handled that. Cause, uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, so there was that. <laughs> I've never heard that before, Tiffany. Wow. Yeah, luckily um, he was pretty self-aware, so that was good. <laughs> I'm sure that, and the thing, I'm sure that he has been told many times, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> oh. uh, yeah. Anyways. Saying I, like saying I'm really, the guy who did end up bringing my epidural, I guess everyone's grateful because he, you could tell he was a pro. Um, oh, the guy that ended up doing mine that time was the, like the teacher and he mm-hmm. was amazing. Yeah. So I was like, you I'm can tell when you get a good here. one. Well, I think it's yeah. too like the, right, the, the, or they put off, like they need to be calm. They yeah. Like a very like calm. I mean, they have to be like, you know, in that moment because like one, the mom's like not supposed to move. So it's like, like if you flinch, bad things will happen. (laughs) I know my first one I got when I was having contractions every 30 seconds, like you need to hold still. And I'm like, I'm not sure how to do that, but I'm trying really hard. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Good times. Good times. Okay. So uh, this is the last question about – uh, birth and doula. So it says, what types of births do, um, does a doula support? Um, 
Yes. You say, yeah. Trick question. Every time. All of them. <laughs> yes. All of the above. Our role, yeah. Our role looks so much different with the different types. Um, but every type. Uh, and if, I guess if you need me to expound, I can. But that's, yeah. Every type. Um, so, yeah. Maybe this is before we change gears. I'll share my quickly my my experience with Susie. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, just, and it's not to like, this is not to like to my own horn. This is more to hopefully give experience to anyone listening and maybe some advice if you are, I don't know, whatever, hopefully get something out of it. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, I only have a saying I have one son and, um, geez, he's 16 months old now. So it still seems like yesterday, but, um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I always knew I wanted Susie at the doula. Um, because I really wanted to, the more research I had done while I was pregnant, I really wanted to do an unmedicated birth um, at a hospital. And so to prepare for that, I did a hypnobirthing class, which, like she said, I, you don't have to do a class, but I highly recommend it because, like saying, you get a lot of the tracks for like the fear release we've talked about, but also just like, I mean, just ones to like pain release, just so many different kinds and just like calming um a lot of i'm really a advocate of affirmations like in birth but also just like any time in your life i mean positive affirmations are huge i think for people and didn't um, you say you had sticky notes with your affirmations around your house before? oh it was more i uh she had the printouts that i colored <laughs> and then oh, I, cute. yeah <laughs> um and then i had like some in my office then i had some by my bed when i woke up and then i had some in the bathroom so it was like places i saw every That's day awesome. and then she had the track with the affirmations that i listened to a ton i think that was actually and everyone has their own thing i think the affirmations was actually the thing that worked for me the most mm-hmm. but anyways everyone has their thing so you could even come up with your own affirmations. You don't have to take a class. Just like the ones like I like, like I am strong. It's like, you know, it's like um, the, you know, the contractions I'm feeling. What do they call it? They weren't called contractions. They were called. Anyways, Surges? there's a different name. What'd you say, Susie? Surges, waves. Yeah. Wait, I think it was like something said, like a, po- a positive word. It's like the waves I am feeling mm-hmm. are positive and helpful things like that you know and yeah. my baby is like i am supported like my baby is healthy anything make up whatever is good for you anyway so i did that susie and i had my plan susie helped me edit it a lot which was awesome but for my needs she didn't like tell me what to do it was just like help me because she knew more than me um which is <laughs> why you have a doula <laughs> um and yeah and we kind of went through the whole steps you know i obviously wanted to I wanted a vaginal unmedicated birth, but then I had the steps as we went down and yeah, I went into labor, um, really fast. Susie didn't even get to come to my house. <laughs> we went like straight to the hospital, <laughs> which was crazy. And then, yeah, things progressed really well. And everyone was like, Oh, we'll have this baby in like, what was it? Like five hours. It was crazy. Cause things were good. And the affirmations were helping. Mm-hmm. We got the ball out. We got the, what was that thing called? Like the U, the C thing? The cube? The cube. Yeah, we had that. Oh, I had a tub. <laughs> Everything was that great. Was awesome. Daddy doula, Brian was on it. We did some practice with stuff. <laughs> um, Susie's pressure points and everything. And it was going really well. Um, and I was repeating my affirmations during contractions and stuff. And then all of a sudden it just 
nothing. Like I was still having contractions, but there was no urge to push. And he was sideways and um, like he was face down, but his head was turned to the side. And um, yeah, it was really long. So Susie and my mom and Brian were there, what, from like 930 in the morning. And it got to be like. Anyways, I finally got an epidural at like 930 because I was tired. <laughs> like everything, everyone <laughs> yeah. was dead. Like you get real tired. So it's I was exhausting. tired. So I got an epidural. And then, which was something I didn't want. Um, but like Susie was saying, the with Susie there and the affirmations and the hypnobirthing, I was able to um, work through that in a way that didn't cause more anxiety in my body. Cause I also knew that anxiety causes, you know, negative reactions and stress in your body. And I have, mm-hmm. I'm an anxious person. So I'm not saying this is like, Oh, it's, yeah. It, I mean, it takes practice, <laughs> but um, so that helped. And then anyways, it came down to it where the midwife was tired, but we ended up having to do a C-section cause I was pushing. I think we pushed for like, how long was it Susie? Hours. Uh, I'd, I'd have to go read his birth story again yeah. to remember, but it, it was yeah, a long it was, time. It was a long time. And I was really swollen and it just wasn't happening. So ultimately I just, I, I it was saying it was me that I, I decided I was like, it's time for a C-section and the um, mm-hmm. nurse called the OB or sorry, the midwife called the OB midwife did the whole thing, tried to like, you know, stuck her whole hand in there, tried to turn him and every contraction he would go back <laughs> to the side and then the OB tried the same thing um and yeah it was a really it was not what I planned (laughs) in any (laughs) any fashion uh and so if anyone can relate to that I'm sure there's lots of women out there um but I've been there and and I think part of it was that it could have been really disappointing and was it like and I think part of the postpartum is I I didn't really process the uh that emotion, I just kind of moved through it. Um, because baby was healthy, I was fine, everything was good, but recovery obviously was very different than I had planned. As I was saying, the postpartum plan, and and I had severe postpartum anxiety that I didn't really get diagnosed till like nine months after. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, but I also just think without Susie and without some of that, I like I don't I it could have been a lot harder. <laughs> It would have been a lot. I cannot could have. It would have been so much harder. Um, but anyways, that's kind of my experience. So hopefully if you're in it right now, you can find some advice of like maybe something to look into or how to go about it. No, well, I think it sounds so nice to have someone there for you to like talk through things too, you know, just because it's not just the doctor who's kind of like, well, it's up to you. You're like okay Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) and then as a doula and a massage therapist Susie was great because we had kind of gone through um labor positioning and then she had found like pressure points Mm -hmm. and it was great she was like do you like this does this feel good and I'm like yes or no and she would adjust Mm -hmm. and man (laughs) imagine that Tiffany so like you've been in birth right it's just you doing your thing yes you know with and your husband (laughs) and that's great but now imagine somebody there to like Hey, I'm gonna press on your hips and like help expand oh, that, that. Nice. and you know, and like, <laughs> yeah, um, help you get in a different position or whatever it is. Um, mm-hmm. help you, you know, pick out scents that help you feel power or calm or whatever it is. I mean, oh, that does sound good. It's really, really, really cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
I think the pressure point things were my favorite. Like my favorite was saying the hips, which Brian and Susie, poor Brian and Susie, they were worn out after that because that was my favorite. It was like push on my upper <laughs> hip bones and like help open up. And then the front of the knees, like sitting down and then like pushing on the front of the knees. Oh, yeah. I don't know what they yeah. were. That one felt real good. <laughs> yeah. I, I always say like if I didn't get sore in a birth, then I, I don't feel like I was <laughs> – I was doing my job. I got to get sore. I think poor Brian was messed up for a while after. Brian. Uh, Brian, Brian was awesome. Um, Yeah, I actually, the the last birth I did, she, there was this, it was her first. And there was this point that she looked up at me and it was the first time that, because we had kind of like practiced some of the stuff early labor at her house. And then like when we did the birth positioning visit too, we had practiced different mm. counter pressure methods that I like to use. But it was like the first time when labor was intense that me and her husband had both done the things we practiced with her. And like after her contraction, I just remember she looked up at me with just this hope in her eyes. And she was like, that made such a world of difference. Yeah, And I just feel like, that is the magic of having a birth team that knows what to do is that you literally are braced through like, and I don't mean that in any sort of cliche um, sort of overstated way, but you are literally braced through that labor and like through each contraction. So they're, you're using less energy. You're literally using less energy Mm -hmm. because they're taking it for you so that you don't have to. Mm -hmm. And you find the places that the mom is tense and you try those spots. And cause as baby shifts down more, you, the counter pressure and the massage and all of that needs to be in different spaces. So there's communication happening and collaboration mm-hmm. and you're always trying to find ways to have the dad be um, in the more intimate space, like, you know, with her leaning on his chest and like whatever positions you can find for them to really bond and connect during it, you're doing that. Yeah. And, um, so it's it's very involved and and hard to just say exactly what we do um because every birth is <laughs> so different but you're basically there to notice every detail and to get the mom and her partner to be able to really connect through the experience mic drop done Anyways. I'm saying maybe we should have moved to Utah so you could be my doula. No. <laughs> <laughs> Tiffany, there, I'm sure there are lots of good have, doulas up your way. I have flown to Texas for a birth, but oh, no, she's right. I'm sure true. there's ones up there. That is true. Yeah, <laughs> sure. we'll fly for birth. Yes. <laughs> we'll fly for birth. But anyway, so yeah, so that was my experience um, with Susie. And so I'm a huge fan of, of doulas, no matter what your birth is. Because even after I had the epidural, Susie was still a huge pillar Um for me mm-hmm. in the, in the room, you know, with my family. So yeah. And then after, even after C-section, it was so nice knowing that, you know, she would be there for after I came out and stuff. So, cause like you said, yeah. mom and dad were with baby. And like we talked about too, just having one six week appointment with your midwife or OB is, it's not enough. So having somebody else oh that's going to check in on you is super nice. Stressed me out so much after my first one. I was like, are we sure that I'm okay though? <laughs> are we sure? sure? No, we're not sure. We're really not, we're not sure. sure. You know, just a quick point on that. Um, we're, I have a friend who has birthed in Ireland and in Germany and she's currently wow. living in Germany and um, she's from California. Mm-hmm. So has all of these stories from her mom's birth that were, you know, American, you know, just us births. 
And so it's been interesting to talk to her about the difference between her experiences. Um, but the experiences in Ireland and Germany have been really similar. Actually, no, she had one of hers in the U.S., so she's had in all three countries. But anyway, it's been interesting to talk to her about the difference between doing it in the States and out there, because out there, the kind of the culture is you keep your bra off for six weeks. You like take stay in your jammies. If we come over to visit you, because they'll just drop in the midwives whenever they're making rounds, you just don't even know when they're going to drop in. If they drop in and you're like dressed in clothes, they're like, you get those clothes off. You, because of the minute you get on regular clothes, everyone's <laughs> going to expect you to do stuff. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. You're not going to do stuff for six weeks. They give the dad like, this huge, long paternity leave. I love it. And so they just come that's and awesome. they're just like, talk to you while you're in your bed with your boobs hanging out, nursing your baby. And they're I just, anyway, so we're that mother's health advocates group that I'm a part of. We're going to be having a month that's talking about birthing in other countries. And I'm going to put Ooh. some of my friends experiences up on there as well as testimonials. But That's I would cool. love to try to help move the tide um, in our our birth culture here to yes. be more yes. of how we have it in some of these other countries where we really understand that, no, we need to, there is no stigma around any of these things. Like we need to be talking about it and like really um, making sure that these moms are supported for a long time afterwards, mm-hmm. because there's all this buildup like, oh, you're having a baby, you need lots of help and care. And, but then once the baby's outside of you and you have to worry about like when the baby (laughs) eats and sleeps and when you're going to eat and sleep and Mm -hmm. heaven forbid you have other children to take care of all of a sudden, Oh, you're fine because the baby's outside of your body. So we're going to go help all these other people now that are pregnant. And like, actually, both, I'm really less fine now. I'm saying, I was like, I think I was more, <laughs> yeah, like, I, I needed less attention before. Exactly. I could still, like, shower and stuff. And, yeah. yeah. So we just need to not forget. Demanding my time right now. Yeah. 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 We need to not mm-hmm. forget how sacred that time is and how important it is to oh um, yeah. take care of our moms. During and that I think time. we could have a whole podcast on, <laughs> like, Yes. Oh man, just we could. the the culture norms around kind of what's expected of postpartum, you know, as mothers. It's, I mean, geez, you know, breastfeeding, not breastfeeding, back to work, mm-hmm. not back. I mean, just there's so many like, wow, listen, that's a whole thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyways, yeah. If you ever want to talk about it, shoot us some thing. shoot us some DMs. We're happy to chat. <laughs> but, yes, yeah. we all have lots of feelings on that. <laughs> yeah, lots of feelings. Oh man, I have lots of feelings on that for sure. So we're gonna switch gears to Susie's Susie's combined slash other passion. Um, you are so also the most massage uh, therapist. So do you have any tips for us to do at home to relieve common tightness or soreness from stress? Um. So I have on my Instagram account and on my website some little videos that I like to be able to send over to clients when they're having specific issues. Um, or sometimes people just message me, like maybe I haven't seen them for the issue, but they just message me about it. And so I'll send those over. So if there's anything like specific going on with you, you could go on there and just look at the titles and find one that applies to what your, you know, low back or um, upper back or neck or, you know, whatever. But generally speaking, since this isn't like a video YouTube thing that you can watch um, right now. Yeah, try to I, explain I some say, moves for us. That'll go really well. <laughs> yeah, that'd be <laughs> very interesting. Um, 
But I just think generally women in our culture sometimes struggle to take care of themselves and have um, a guilt complex and um, feel like any time for themselves is too much. And um, setting those boundaries with others and with ourselves that we will love ourselves enough to take care of ourselves is, is hard to do sometimes. Um, so overall, I would say just kind of working, um, on that commitment and that boundary to do it every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and wherever you're at, um, if you're not taking any time for your, um, mind, body, spirit, just start now to take some time, even if it's five minutes a day, there's lots of, you know, lots of things you could do in any of those areas. But, um, I, generally speaking, would just say, just take it up a notch. Like if you're doing, not doing anything, start with five minutes. If you're doing 10 minutes a day, maybe take it to 15 where you split it up and say, okay, five is for my, my physical five is for my mental and five is for mm-hmm. my spiritual and just go from there. Um, <clears throat> but I really like I, that. Like if you're already kind of to that level and you want to take it to the next level, then maybe make a commitment to stretch for 15 minutes every day. Um, so Anyway, basically, basically just taking it from wherever you're at and bringing it to the next level and doing it because you love yourself and because you want to be there for your family and just remember the whole um, oxygen mask Mm. um, analogy whenever you're feeling um, guilty for taking time for yourself. Just remember this is going to make me happier. Sometimes I'll I'll, uh, be really grumpy and my kids will be like, you didn't work out today, did you? Or, or I'll come back from a longer workout on a Saturday <laughs> where I got to go on a bike ride, and and my, you know, whoever's my youngest at the time will make some comment about it, like, "Why were you gone for so long?" Like, it's so that I could be cheerful. Look at this smile on my yeah. face. I'm cheering you. Look, yes. I am here for you now. So much more cheerful than if I hadn't done that. So you're welcome. <laughs> I did that for both of us. Yes, yes, that was benefiting everyone. Yeah, yeah. you're welcome, everyone. So kind of Seriously, having though. that mindset that you're not doing it for yourself because you love yourself, but you're doing it for them and just starting from where you're at and taking it to the next level would probably be my overall advice about that. Yeah. I like that too, especially if you're kind of talking about like, I think especially um, all women and mothers kind of have that feeling of you do something for yourself and you almost feel like guilty about it. Or sometimes other people make you feel guilty because there's all that stuff on Instagram right now where it's like going to the grocery store, taking a shower and something else is not self care. Like that's not a treat (laughs) for a mom. Like those are natural, like those are normal human (laughs) things that everyone should be able to do. So like those should not be counted as like, well, you got to get out. So you're good. Right. It's like, yeah okay. and then like but we but i think we put that on ourselves and then we're like okay yeah i guess i did like blah blah yeah. and then you get your shopping is out. Like, stressful for me yeah <laughs> and like you sometimes think about you're like oh take a shower and like it does feel nice and you have your alone time but then also you realize like that's just that that yeah it's <laughs> like that's not filling your bucket human hygiene. i don't think yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyways i like that um also the stretching um stretching helps so many things <laughs> like yes, stretching is amazing everyone needs yeah, to stretch just, more i need i mean i need to do <laughs> it more I, I just have learned that. so speaking <laughs> of another situation Susie. so what was it a couple months ago Susie, i um mm-hmm. went to go pick up my son out of the crib and <laughs> i guys i feel oh yeah i feel very old now but my lower back <laughs> completely seized up like ultra like searing 
pain to where like I actually dropped my son back in the crib. Um, he was totally fine. And I like crumbled to the ground, like just, just so crumbled, sad, not a condition. And I yeah. just like, remember being on the ground of his, you know, bedroom and just like kind of doing like, <sighs> cause it's like so painful, you know, you're just like, oh. and I remember calling Brian, like half, half crying, half like, I'm so painful. <laughs> Anywho. And um, when it came down to saying my my muscles obviously spazzed because my sacrum and lower back were out of alignment probably from having a kid and then carrying a very heavy toddler around. And anyway, so and stretching. Anyways, my point of all that was stretching and doing some core workouts and stuff is like the thing to help prevent that from happening again. <laughs> so <Yeah>. and Susie <laughs> gave me a bomb massage that was intense but amazing. I felt so good mm-hmm. after. <laughs> good <laughs> yeah you deserved it so anyways stretch people stretch core workouts and stretch <laughs> that's right core that's workouts fight. and stretch yeah and done <laughs> i literally was like i fall and i can't get up but literally i could not <laughs> i had to crawl for the rest of that whole day i had to crawl on the floor <laughs> so sad but i think old. a lot of people have been there if you've been there <laughs> solidarity poof Oh, anyways, back to me. Um, so <laughs> that is the rest of our questions. Um, Susie, can you share where people can find you again? Yes. Um, yes. So the Instagram is birth your way with Susie Faye. And then um, my website is susiefay.com. And, um, and then the group I mentioned, Mother's Health Advocates is this year focusing on postpartum care. So if that's something you're interested in, you could become a part of that group and put any questions you have. We have professionals on there, um, doulas, midwives, marriage, family therapists, um, Mm -hmm. pelvic floor, physical therapists, um, all on there to answer questions and give guidance. So cool. That's really cool. Um, Yeah, yeah, we yeah, right. I'm like, I need to put get on there. Uh, so <laughs> we really, really appreciate you being on here. Um, I yes, thank you so stuff. much, Susie. <laughs> so you're so welcome. It was a pleasure. Yeah, thank you're you, awesome. So, yeah, so thanks, Susie. We really appreciate having you on here. And if you have any questions, um, for her, maybe you can message us and we can always see if she can answer it or just ask us and we may be able to help you out. And you can find us on Instagram at everyone's invited podcast or email us at everyone's invited podcast at gmail.com. Also say hi to Kelly, everyone. Again, she's still in a beautiful paradise. So, um, <laughs> hey, Kelly. yeah. yeah. <laughs> hi, Kelly. So yeah, thanks for listening and we will chat with you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.